This is a very special episode. I remember that from watching sitcoms back when I was a kid, uh, but it is. It's a special episode of Relationships at Work, the Employee Experience and Workplace Culture podcast. Trying something a little different. Don't worry. We're still going to have amazing guests coming up. I'm super excited for some of the episodes that uh, I'm going to be releasing very soon. So excited for you to hear them and the big brains that we're going to be listening to and I'm going to get to talk to. But that is not this. This is something I'm, I've done before, but I want to incorporate into uh, relationships at work. Uh, on my previous podcast, CX Storytime, which you can still find actually, it was a narrative of a particular situation that was a customer's experience. And it was really popular. People really enjoyed it. Uh, the podcast went for um, a few episodes, not too, too long, but it still resonated. And I still love the format. I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was really fun in a creative sense, but also in a connection sense. And uh, my community for that podcast really, really enjoyed submitting stories. So why not bring it over into this podcast? So what you're listening to is the inaugural edition of Frontline Feedback, Stories from the Employee Journey. And I just want to give a quick shout out to Paige DeWolf, who's a member of our community, and she's the one that came up with Frontline Feedback as the title for these series of episodes. So big thanks, Paige. Your creative brain worked a lot better than mine. Appreciate it. I hope you like it. I really enjoy doing these. Um, I really hope you listen to it and think, you know what? I have a story that I would love to share as well. Of course, it'll be completely anonymous. I'm not going to share your name or the name of the organization, but I always think it's an opportunity for a teachable moment for those that may not understand the experiences their employees are going through in their environment, in their organization. And they need to hear and feel these stories and put themselves in those situations to sometimes really understand them. So why not do a podcast like that, huh? huh? So if you have a story that you'd like me to share in the format that we're about to do, go to yourrelationshipsatwork at gmail.com. Again, that's yourrelationshipsatwork at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. And here we go. Have you ever been asked how you're doing at work? The question is proposed without really caring about the response. It's a formality, a throwaway. Now imagine for a moment, it was taken seriously. It was taken to heart. It was responded to honestly. But it just didn't go the way it should have. Stay tuned for a tale of good intentions, missteps, and broken trust. This is the frontline feedback story of Compassion So Counterfeit. Relationships at Work presents Frontline Feedback Stories from the Employee Journey. I'm your host and storyteller, Russell Lolliker. What you are about to hear is a real story. Though the names have been changed, these are real people having a real employee experience. It's a story of employees on their journey as they build or break relationships with the organizations they work for, just like yours. Today, we'll hear the story of Sally. 
one in which she shares a moment of an outreached hand and a safe space for vulnerability, which only leads to shattered confidence and inept leadership. We'll wrap it up by digging into the emotional impacts that may not be obvious, and then the lessons we can take away from this story that can help us build a better culture. The employee journey is an emotional one. And so it begins. It was a rough week for Sally. She had had squabbles with her partner that weren't monumental, but seemed to be one way these days and never resolved. She'd gotten a call from her son's school about needing to talk to her, but they provided no further details as to why. A lot of the projects she was hoping to have some time this week to tackle just weren't getting done. And there hadn't been a single day in the last five where she could honestly say she had had a good night's sleep. At work, she was doing her best under the circumstances, trying to push that home life anxiety further down in her mind while layering it with the usual workplace anxiety that came with the job. It was a lot, but she was managing. She thought so anyway. Every week, her boss, Emma, did a quick check-in with her direct reports. Just a quote-unquote quick chat, she called it, to connect with her staff so they could run her through what they were working on and ask for any help they might need. Sally never found these chats particularly useful, but she did need that FaceTime with Emma so she could keep her in the loop. The day and time of the weekly meeting arrived, so Sally went through her weekly routine, jotted down a few summary bullets, got up from her cubicle, grabbed her notebook, and made her way down the long gray carpet runway to her boss's office. Poking her head in the door, she could see Emma was responding to an email, but then motioned for Sally to sit down in the chair on the other side of the desk, which Sally did. Emma then took another moment to finish her last typed sentence and then shifted her attention to her staff member in preparation for their regular time together. Emma starts them off. So, what's going on? Sally immediately went into her usual run-through, leading with the project she's working on she knows her boss cares most about, then shifts to some of the more impactful work she's involved in, and then the possible projects on the horizon based on recent conversations across her network. Along the way, she highlights the challenges and opportunities of everything and the great work her staff is doing to make it all happen. With the mention of these employees, Emma follows up with, so, how is your team doing? Sally quickly takes this moment to spotlight each member's activities, whether it's the ideas they have, the stakeholders they've pleased, or the vacation they have coming up for them. Nothing substantial, but enough to answer the question. Emma nods as she listens. Then, as per usual, she ends their time together with the one question she always does. And how are you doing? Sally knows this is coming and she also knows the corporate culture pleasantries to respond with. So, Sally shares a succinct, I'm good. But on this day? At this time? For some reason, her one word and a contraction answer lands a little differently with her boss. Emma senses something below the surface, and decides to do something she's never done before. She asks the question again, but with emphasis and intention. No, but how are you really doing? There's a pause as the question hangs in the air. Sally takes this in. There's a flash of context in her mind. She doesn't really have the relationship with her boss where she can be that honest. 
She has never felt the safety of sharing her anxiety and stress that permeates most of her life, here and at home. Her boss is someone she works with and for, but has always been at the acquaintance level, as Emma nor her have ever really made an effort to move the relationship forward. Maybe at the beginning, but it never really caught on. And it's been years since. This question of care felt really out of the blue. Sally thought maybe, maybe, this is where they turned the corner in their relationship. Emma seemed to genuinely want to know, so Sally decided to be vulnerable and share. She shared her frustrations with her husband, the anxiety of not knowing what her child had done at school and the bad communication of her child's teachers, the work that keeps piling up at home that's burdening her and her home life, and the lack of sleep she's been able to get due to all the stress she's barely managing. It's a lot. And though she's getting through, she is struggling and not sure when it'll calm down. She shared it all. It just came out. All there for Emma to hear. And when she was done, Emma sat there, looking at Sally, with her mouth slightly agape. There's a pause as the answer hangs in the air. Emma looked uncomfortable. She pulled away her eye contact with Sally and shifted in her chair. After a few more moments, Emma responds with, Oh, well, I'm not too sure how I can really help with that. There was an immediate awkwardness in the room, both from Sally's vulnerability and Emma's fake compassion. In that moment, Sally felt a rush, a need to come to the rescue of Emma, her boss, and fix the situation. She quickly pivots to make her boss feel better and more comfortable. So, so I'm reading more books and taking some courses to help manage my stress, Sally said. None of which was actually true, but sounded good and it demonstrated it wasn't something Emma had to actually do anything about, support, or further the conversation. The further addition seemed to relax and satisfy Emma, as if this was the logical conclusion to her question. And it brings the weekly check-in to a close. Emma concludes, Great! Happy things are working out. I'll see you tomorrow. Sally nodded and took the opportunity to leave the meeting, her chair, and Emma's office and returns to her cubicle of safety. Sally took a moment, sitting alone to take in her boss's false empathy, and realized she'd never have a leader as a boss, or a relationship that was beyond operational. This slowly sank in as she sat with her stress, anxiety, and now a little bit of sadness. And that ends the story of Compassion So Counterfeit. Now, the employee experience is an emotional experience. Let's take a look at how this story could build or break an employee relationship. And we can do that by looking through the eyes of the employee and taking a look at the emotional impact. Impact one, Sally will never, ever, ever trust her boss when it comes to building a deeper connection and personalization. Emma has shown she doesn't have the tools of empathy and compassion and leadership to create a safe space for psychological safety even if she'll go through the facade of it. Impact two. Sally now knows she has to care give up, placate, and reassure her boss due to Emma's awkward leadership and inability to have a difficult conversation. 
She can't get the support she needs, but she has to support her boss's failure with reassurance, adding an additional amount of stress on Sally. So, what lessons can we learn? From this particular story, what's one thing our organizations can take away to better serve our employees? Simply, you can't fake compassion, and please don't try. A couple of things you can do are first, train your supervisors and leaders. An organization has failed at supervisory and leadership staff if they don't know what comes next after how are you when they get an honest answer. It makes that supervisor look incompetent and greatly damages the work relationship. They need to know how to really care, not just work through the questions you need to ask checklist. They either need to have those skills or they shouldn't be in those positions of authority to begin with. And I'd suggest conducting some skip level meetings. To understand how your managers are connecting or not connecting with their staff, have one-on-one -on -one time with the direct reports of those you manage. It will provide a better perspective on strengths and weaknesses that you probably aren't seeing. Because truthfully, you don't know what it's like to work for those you oversee because you're not one of them. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Thanks for listening to this special episode of Relationships at Work, Frontline Feedback Stories of the employee journey. If you'd like to share a story that you think others will really take to heart and learn from, contact me at yourrelationshipsatwork at gmail.com. That's yourrelationshipsatwork at gmail.com. I'm Russell Lolliker. As always, it's a pleasure. We'll see you next time. Take care.